Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, you listen to the Work For It podcast. It's Brian House here. I'm in the studio today with Brian Cohn and cousin Ira Housewart. You may know him from Forged in Fire. You may know him from being one of the best blacksmiths in the state of Colorado. Some might say the best blacksmith in the world. From Colorado to the world, that's how we do it here. From step one to step ten. Today's episode is brought to you by the beautiful people over at Patreon. If you're interested in that, you heard Dennis. He says, go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. Hundreds of your contemporaries have donated towards the efforts in which we inspire the world through this audio podcast. So please take a minute. Think about it. $10.80 a year. It's a little tiny donation that keeps us going. That little cha-ching that comes from Patreon really does make a difference. Today's show, all about action. Taking action when you don't want to do it. When your heart, mind, and body are just not in it. But you got to get up and do it anyway. You don't have to be great to start. But you do have to start to be great. That's a good quote. That's Zig Ziglar. Hit it, Brian. Let's do it. Let's Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All day long. We are here, working for it, making you, filling your ears with positive inspiration. (laughs) Inspiration, huh? Inspiration. All right. Emphasis. (laughs) You said antithesis earlier, so (laughs) you have no room to talk. (laughs) Well, I can tell you about my the antithesis of your whole. There you, go. <laughs> you know, you're you're talking about getting yourself up and doing and working hard and making it happen. Well, I just had probably the least productive week I've had in a long ass time. Ooh. So, last week was Emily's birthday. This week is my birthday. So we kind of celebrated right there in the middle, which happened to be Labor Day weekend this weekend. Or mm. so we had some fun. Um, so. Backing up, right after the last podcast that we recorded, we did a great show. I was all jazzed up. I went out to the shop, even though you know it's was, it was warmer than average. Screw it, I'm I'm putting on some, I'm I'm putting some, down some work. So I'm going out there. I'm I'm profiling some blades. I throw on a nice 36 grit belt. Start grinding away on the spine of a knife. My thumb slips and I punch that 36 grit belt nice and hard. Oh, so that's the worst, yeah, so the, my middle finger that. knuckle, that first knuckle right in the middle of your it's hand. Oh, uh, well, it's not gone. I, I took a big chunk out of it, though. 
So I run in, wash it, scrub it, throw some antibacterial numbing spray on it, which surprising really numbs you up. But yeah. so I'm trying to bandage this thing to try to get my ass back out in the shop. And I put a, I put bandages in all different ways. And, you know, it's either you have your hand open and it's, it works, but as soon as you close it, that bandage pops and it's, it comes apart Yeah. or you do it closed, but then you can never open your hands or you'll get us, you know, you can get that shit infected. You, I mean, Ira has, has a great story about getting an infectant of I do. dipping your hand into the, the swarf bucket, but Oh yeah. So I actually was able to contact um, Brian Hindenkamp from. Um, oh my gosh, he's my he's my go-to. Yeah, doctor yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tortuga Blades, like, dude, check this thank out. Thank you. <laughs> Send him a quick picture, and he's like, "Oh well, that doesn't look too bad, but I mean, it's in the worst spot because you know the the joint. As soon as you open and close your hands, you're you're opening up that that bandage up." So he basically said, you know, maybe it'd probably be best to clean it the best you can and don't go out into the shop until it scabs over. So it just so happened that was Wednesday, Thursday. I didn't go out into the shop. I didn't, I mean, I did some work. I, I cleaned the shop. I didn't like, I put some bandage on it and I spent the day cleaning, which the shop really needed, but I didn't do some productive work. And then Thursday night we went up north and that's where we spent the rest of the weekend. So. I have been a lazy piece of shit this past week, which is not the greatest. So, hey, it's all it's all right. You injured yeah. yourself, you know. It I mean, sucks, it but it is what it is. This work is tough on the hands. On Knife the makers do not make really good hand models. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of really nice slices across my hand at, in and both palms. Oh, I grabbed something that I was machining, and it had like a little like the Haas CNC is so precise that I can tell it to like leave a little tiny, like, you know, five thousandths of an inch of aluminum or something on the bottom of something so that it doesn't dig into the, the, uh, um, the pallet that it's bolted to. And I use a, uh, impact gun to remove the screws from that hold it down. So I've got my left hand over the piece and I'm, I hit the impact gun on the bolt to unbolt this thing and it helicopters and it's like a flying razor blade and it just goes right through my tip of my finger, then right into the palm of my left hand spins around and slices the cross section of my (sighs) right hand too. So it's just like, I gotcha. I'm, I'm standing there and I'm just bleeding into the machine and I'm like, you know, and it's more of a, like you said, it's more of a of an inconvenience yeah. than anything because you just you're bleeding and you're like, oh, now how do I bandage this yeah. thing? And it's reopening itself. And you're right, do not stick your hand into a swarf <laughs> bucket. Yeah, Ira, this, you, you have a nice little story there about this exact situation. Yeah, I did. I punched a 36 oh, nice. grit, and but it healed up. It healed like a it was a week later, and then I developed a little crack in the new mm. skin. And that's when I stuck my finger in the sword mm. bucket. So what happened? Like, did did you get staph infection? Like, you're you had to amputate, or what? What happened? Like, it's the story. No, so it's okay. So all right, the story. So yeah, I, I stuck my hand in the in the sword bucket, and I thought at the time I was like, that's probably dumb because it was an open sore. I could see it, and uh, like a day later, it swelled oh, up. So it kind of looked like a giant wart on my thumb, 
like the size oh, wow. of a dime. But it didn't hurt. It was just like this big growth. And I mean, everybody's looking at it. I'm showing my doctor friends and everybody. And they're like, oh, that's weird. I've never seen that. And then like a month later, it uh, it turned in, it filled out, turned into like a staph-like type mm. infection. And I had runners up my arm. And oh. that put me in the hospital. Oh, And I think I, they had me on like six different types of antibiotics trying to find oh one that would God. work. Oh, my goodness. And in the end, they still don't know what it was. I mean, they did testing on it, and it was a fungal bacteria, mm. which you know it makes sense with a yeah. swarp bucket. Um, and it was good. I was, I mean, I was, I was, it was sickest wow. I've ever been. I mean, at the end, I was looking down at my thumb, being like, "This, you know, this is what's going <laughs> to kill me right here." <laughs> Damn, I don't know. This is uh, what gets you. Yeah, at, at freaking scratch on my thumb. Old. Yeah, exactly. Like this is, and you, you think about it, like a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, that is what yeah. kills p- people. It did. Be- it, yep. it, you know, one slip up. Uh, I I love this show uh, called Alone. I don't know if you oh, guys yeah. have ever watched that, where they send people out into the wilderness by themselves and they have to film themselves. And it was one lady was doing really well. She was catching fish. She, you know, they allow you to bring certain items out with you. And I don't know, she was like three months in or something, very long time. And a fish hook mm. went through her hand and embedded itself into her hand. She tried to live with it for a few days. She tried to pull it out, couldn't get it out. And that's what got her ejected yeah. off the show. She had to punch out because this, you know, you, it's a fish hook. Not, like most people just go, all right, I'm going to go to the doctor, have it removed, blah, blah, blah. We have modern medicine now with antibiotics. And, you you know, the next day you're back at work. Well, when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you can't deal with it, or 200 years ago you didn't have this kind of modern medicine, it's like it's yeah. life-threatening. It becomes really, really hard to, to, to clean up and fix it. So I didn't know you ended up in the hospital, Ira. That's That's nuts. Yeah, no, it was real. Flu-like symptoms, swollen up arm, red lines Jeez. up arm. Yeah, that's a legit infection. That's when you start seeing those runners, the the dark lines that come away from the from the spot of imp, like wherever it was cut. Yeah. That's when they say like, get your ass to a hospital. Get it was it a, so I'm yeah. like my nurse friend was talking about it though. She said everybody sees like a red spot on a cut and they're like, Oh, it's infected. No, not really. When it's really infected, you know, it, it's like, it, it turned into like a blister around the thing and red zone around it. And, um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, change out my swarf buckets this week. <laughs> I'm not messing with any of that shit. <laughs> I can't I don't, remember the last time I swapped my water in my swarf bucket. I just keep adding to it, you know. It's I think gross. it's a freak thing. I mean, it was like, you know that I happened. Uh, Lando is saying that you put you got to put a little bit of flux yeah, in there. Little flux, like yeah, what just, borax? Or something? Just some borax. He was just sprinkling some borax in it once in a while to clean his bucket up. Really? Hmm. I. Don't know if I would trust that <laughs> advice, but hey, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying that's the only that's the only part of advice I'd heard. But yeah, or just change your water out, yeah. maybe. Yeah, you know, change your. Water I think I'm just gonna switch out the whole bucket. That thing was gnarly to begin with. Oh, dude, I know mine too. It's got like three inches of like just stuff yeah. clinging to the sides. It's yeah, it's super gross. But uh, 
So today's show about action, taking action, and finding inside of you. Um, I had a long conversation uh, with a friend, close friend, this week about they're they're in a, a not in a dark place, but just they they're finding themselves not motivated to keep going, you know, to keep working or keep going, and there's literally no catalyst for this there was no you know nothing was wrong it was just that things were slowing down for them and they in internally and we talked a lot about what it looks like to reignite the fire that's inside of you that keeps you going every day because you know early on when I started this venture of becoming like a full-time maker and you know becoming some somewhat of a public figure I was very motivated. I, I mean, I worked more than my usual times, you know, 10, 12, 14 hour days. And it just didn't seem like I was working that much. But as the years wane on, you meet goals, you know, you start achieving goals that you had set for yourself. And then you start asking yourself, like, what's next? Okay, what do we do next? You know, we've got this down. We've figured this out. What's the next thing? And, um, uh, there's a saying out there, the shine has come off the apple, meaning like you're doing something and you're very motivated in the beginning, but as time will, moves forward, we, the, you know, the shine is just off that process. You just look at it differently. Things are a little changed, have changed. Now I'm in the middle part of my life, middle to, you know, towards the end of my middle life. And it's like, I start looking at my life in, in a series of chapters, things that I've done, especially when you have children and you're watching them do the same things you did, you know, when you were their age. And you're like, oh, man, I'm an old man. I'm feeling this. I wake up every day. My bones are creaking. I might be a little overweight. I'm not taking care of myself like I should. Um, but I get up anyway and I go do the things I have to do. And over time that fire that's inside of you turns into a smolder, you know, it can, it can anyway, which is the reason why I'm a huge proponent of following or pursuing a dream. Because if you can imagine now, all three of us are in a situation where we are doing the things that we love mm. to do for work. We translate the things that we do uh, daily, our work day, is part of our passion project. And that means that we're very lucky. Top 1%. Top, top 1%, I would say. But there's a whole bunch of people out there that listen to this podcast even who get up and go do a job that may not be their passion, right? Or it's a 9-to-5 type gig. We have uh, a few mail carriers, you know, these postal worker guys that kind of work the beats of the streets and they go out and deliver mail. Not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that over time, those jobs can become, it's like less about the money, less about the security of said money. It's more about like, wow, what am I really doing with my life? You know, I spend eight to 10 hours, you know, doing this. Um, and is it is it really where I belong? And at night or on the weekends, when you decide that you want to make a change or pursue a hobby, knife making, blacksmithing, metalwork, woodworking, all of these things, they that thing starts to reignite the fire of your your life, you know, the action portion of your life. You start taking control of it. The reason I love the maker community so much is because it most almost always translates into 
an economy of some sort, like some mm -hmm. sort of commerce, meaning it gives you purpose, but it also can pay you back, right? You get something back out of it, not just the actual work itself. It's, you know, there could be some uh, somebody that wants to come and buy right. the things you're making. And then eventually it becomes a job, right? You know, like we are doing it as work. And so I wanted to talk to you guys in specific about times when you didn't feel like it was, you know, even if you're at the top 1%, you're doing the things you love to do. There's got to be times in your lives where you're like, why am I doing this? I'm just not motivated. And what do you do to turn it around? I'll let you go first, Ira. Um, yeah, I, I suffer from burnout once in a while, for sure. I mean, so I've been welding now for 30 years. And yeah, so it's a it's a fun hobby for a lot of listeners. And but this is all I do. So it's it just turns into a job some days and a grind. Um, I don't know, I hire a couple of young guys in the shop that forces me to get out there. And then sometimes that young energy is also a good thing. You know, if you're around somebody that's fired up and learning from it, kind of makes you under, you know, you know, you're taking for granted what we're doing. Sure. And then, uh, I don't know, just try to make fun stuff. That's an interesting point, bringing in younger energy. That's kind of what I was thinking when Brian joined the <laughs> podcast. You know, he, he, at, not that you're that much younger than me, but it's an, enough, you know, where you are kind of beginning your journey Whereas a lot of like my generation, we've been in it now, you know, 20 plus years. So it's, it's great to uh, have somebody along the way that has that enthusiasm <clears throat> because you're absolutely right. I love watching my son Dexter come into the shop every day and find purpose in work, <clears throat> excuse me, find purpose in work. And it's like that to me, and, and I love his drive, you know, um, he, he still makes decisions that a 17 year old kid would make, but his drive is so strong. Like he is willing to just push and it reminds me of my drive. You know, when people look at me and they go, you're driven, like I can see the things you want to do. You're very clear, goal oriented and all of that. You don't really see that when you're 17, you don't even know any different. You're just like, this is the way I am. But to see somebody doing it, it really does rub off on you. That's a, it's mm. a really good point. And then bringing in the fun stuff, that's the other part. Because it can become, manufacturing in particular, becomes very repetitive. You know, we're doing the same thing. We're not learning anything anymore. We are literally just wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, yep. repeat every day doing the same thing. The challenge is are important and sometimes we do fun things to challenge ourselves which is what i've been trying to do recently is just try every day to do something that gets my pulse up you know like just does this scare you to do this work and maybe you're going to break something or or maybe you're going to create something even better than you did before then that's the right path that's the the where we go. Oh, go so now that. I understand why you're hel helicoptered that piece on yourself. You're trying to get your heart rate up. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that was, yes, that's exactly it. I like to slice myself up and self-harm at, at work just to get myself going. It's like a cup of coffee, really. Goodness. So Brian, do you have, you have a story about getting up, you know, brushing yourself off and like finding that fire 
again. I mean, honestly, you know, like you said, I'm still on the the beginning half of, you know, I'm only two little bit over two years into full time knife making. So I still, you know, it very rarely do I not want to get out into the shop. But I do, you know, every once in a while I get anxious or I get like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to get everything done or, oh, my God, there's not orders coming in. There's there's always going to be holy shit moments. Then, um, you know, when I'm in a dark place or when I'm in a bad, you know, funk, there gets to be days where I want to stay out, stay out of the shop and focus on the working on the house and doing busy work and shit like that. But. I find that realistically the thing to get me going at this stage of my life is just go and walk out into the shop or, you know, get, if I get myself to the shop, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well I could tidy that little space up. And all of a sudden I'm into that, that motion of working. So I am in the privileged space of still having the fire and still wanting to be there every single day. So as little as just walking into the shop is enough to get my ass in motion. So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes starting is the hardest part. And yeah, a lot of people that's, that's very much the case is that first step is the, you know, like that walking down the stairs, that first step is a doozy, you know, it's, it's getting yourself and started. Sometimes you fall down those well, stairs. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> I've done a, that a few times. Sure, sure. I mean, if you're not slicing open your hands, you might as well jump off the the balcony to get your heart rate up. I guess if, if that's what you need to do to get going. <laughs> when when my dad made his first rebound, he started a business back in Illinois when I was like ten years old, and then he had a couple of pretty major failures that caused that business to not exist anymore. Oh and um. He made a bounce back, though, and his bounce back was quick. Like, it took him maybe five years to bounce back, and he bounced back even better, right? It, he learned from those mistakes and then came back. And when he finally made some money, like, rebooted himself, uh, he got into offshore fishing, like, as a hobby, and he, and he always wanted a boat. He was like, I want a boat, you know, I want to go buy a boat. So he bought a used boat, and he named it Tenacity mm. was the name of this boat. Now... I'm like, I don't know, 24, 25 years old or whatever. And I don't live in Florida at this point. Like, I'm in, still in Illinois. And I would I asked him, like, why did you name the boat Tenacity? And he says, you know, I might not be the smartest guy in the room, but I'll outwork everybody. And I'll just keep pushing. Even when the world or the project or whatever it is is beating back on me, I have a that's built into me. I have this tenacity built into me that says, okay, I failed 10 times, but now I'm going to go for 11. Let's see where we can go. And I never really considered myself that type of person until now. Like I look at myself the same way and being just around my dad's energy, you know, he was always that kind of guy that would, he would do the extra work. He would just always do the extra, extra, extra. And he would say to me all the time, like, I need you to toughen up. And no, I know it's 6 a.m. I know it's zero degrees out here. I know we're, what we're doing is hard, but I need you to toughen up. I need you to keep going. Mm. He's like, if I can if I can do it, and I'm 30 years older than you, I know you can do it. Mm. It's a mind game, you know, because you don't really fully know what you're capable of, you know, until you go off and do it, right? And, and those little tiny 
uh, realizations about yourself. About like you hear Navy SEALs talk about this when they go through Hell Week. They were they did not know how much the human body could withstand until they went through that process of Hell Week. Right. Because you would think that would kill somebody. You know those things that they do they they're doing during that training time, and it doesn't. You know most or most of the time, if you go and ring that bell, it's because your mind has given up. Right. It's not your body most times, and it's it's a mind game. And so I like to attribute the same thing to all the work that I do. If I approach a project, and I know and I fully believe in it at the beginning. It doesn't matter how many times I fail in the begin in the in the midst of making whatever I'm making and creating. It's because I'm fully invested in that idea. And it's and that again comes down to the mind game. What I've been recently having trouble with is that my body has been slowing down because I'm getting older. So my body is is telling me like you can't work 10 hours a day anymore. Like come come five o'clock, you know, you're rocked, like you're spent. It's hard to pick up your feet. It's hard to like just keep going. And the only way that I could, you know, the things I look to when I'm, I'm exhausted and I don't want to continue is I dig deep inside of my mind and I tell myself that this is not real, that none of this is real, that I can push and I can continue even though my body doesn't want to. And usually I'll find it. Most people call this a second wind. You've heard oh, this yeah. this uh, this terminology before. And it's a real thing. You know, they've studied this, that, that people can convince themselves to manifest energy that didn't exist before. And you often find this in people that are in situations that are, I'm coming from a place of privilege, and you know my stance on that. But there's a lot of people out there who don't have this privilege that I have been born with. And they also have to dig deep. And they've got even a third or fourth layer of uh, adversity coming after them. So like they're finding that within themselves to rise up. And uh, there's a whole lot of other things that are going on like politically and economically that people are saying like this person's holding me down or this situation is working against me but the true battle is always within yourself it's never these outside circumstances if you can train yourself you can callous the mind you can move through these things you can find the greatness you can you can achieve what you want as far as your goals for success whatever it might be and why I think this is so interesting to me is that it seems as if that m- most people don't have this. You know, they just don't have it. And the people who do have it sometimes are considered tortured internally, right? Like they're seen as people who should just learn to enjoy life and not, uh, you know, not sit here and ask what's next what's next what's next so why do we put those people up on a pedestal i'll never know i don't know i don't and again this could be a completely different path of life for one person and another or somebody might find middle ground or balance or whatever in a different 
scenario, I find it fascinating just because the people that I'm around a lot tend to be driven people like myself that they, they, you know, you surround yourself with five people that are the same uh, cut from the same jib where you want to just keep going, keep working hard, find success, move through the suck, embrace it and move forward. But then I get around some people and I've, and there's quite a few of them that are in my external sphere who are just so content with where they are and they seem genuinely happy. And I'm like, I can't decode this shit. I don't know. I have no idea. And I, then, you know, the old phrase of uh, ignorance is bliss. Sure. And I'm like, how? How is how is ignorance bliss? I guess I, I will never know. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm definitely ignorant on a lot of things. It's just I, I it's almost as if like I'm I'm I might be one of these tortured people that just is never okay with status quo mm. that I'm always going to you'll keep never pushing. be satisfied. That's kind of where I'm at, you know, I, I think a little bit. Um, and, and I don't know if that's a good thing. You know, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it's what it's done for me though. Uh, I will say this is that the purpose portion of my life driven through work and making creation um, has solved a lot of my internal struggles for me you know it takes it takes basically if I feel bad about myself or I feel bad about a situation or a time hands down the answer has always been take action like just go do something like work and it's not that I'm distracting myself it's that I'm building up you know the I'm trying to build up off of the uh, inadequacies mm. that I might be feeling as a human being especially getting old that's a big one. So, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't really know where else to go with it because, like, honestly, I, I there's no. I don't. I don't know how to talk about it other than like on the podcast because I usually get some really good feedback. You know, people will tell me like, you know, hey, I heard you on the podcast talk about this, and I feel the same way. And here's what I do. I usually get really positive feedback from it. Um, but I, I've just I've had numerous people recently, uh, and in myself included, come to me and tell me that like they that they feel like the fire is burning mm. out, like it's like they're they're really they they need some answers, and the best answer I've been able to give is to just go and find purpose and work and do something. Well, I think what you said before, where you know you need to work in a fun project into your week. Yeah. Not not like, okay, well, I, I made a knife that was fun three months ago. I've, I've found that with every batch, I need to put in just a knife that I want to make or maybe even a couple knives that I'm just making because I want to make them because then you get excited about those knives. And, you know, yeah, I, I have to grind three other knives before I get to this one, but it makes you want to do those three other knives pretty damn quick. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not doing enough, uh, enough, you know, I, I think, you know, being the, the situation I'm in is, a, is an interesting one is because they, I go through these phases of creating a product like the revolution or the Apollo. And then 
when it's kind of where it needs to be, I get antsy. Mm. And I start thinking, okay, I need to start another project or I need to add something to it or fix something or maybe change something about it. But I get stuck in the manufacturing Mm. side. And the only way for me to not get stuck is to grow. And Housemate is in a situation where the growth has to be exponential for that to happen. Like I'd have to really, really push or take some more even deeper risks to like make it happen. Right. And, um, and we're not there yet. You know, we're just not there yet. We're getting there, you know, every year where there's growth, it's just my, you know, my approach to it is I, I see it as a marathon, not a sprint. And some guys would go, wow, you have that kind of growth. I'd be doing this, this, and this, and taking this risk and doing that. And that's just not me. I don't want that stress. And I, I, it won't create, it, I won't be the same company if I do that. So I have to, I have to take my time, but my mind says, Hey, get on that treadmill, run, 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 go, go, go. Um, so maybe that's where I'm at. So maybe, what do they call this? A, uh, purgatory yeah. <laughs> of sorts. Goodness, doom and gloom over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not negative. What I'm trying to say, I think what I'm trying to say is like I'm I'm okay with where I'm at. It's just I would love to be further faster and I have to put that governor on otherwise like Ira said you sure. burn out. So Ira, speaking of big crazy potential projects and you know gearing up for something that is huge the last time we spoke you were talking about doing this giant bridge project has there been any sort of movement on that just slow motion it's these big government projects take forever and now the colorado department of transportation's involved so they got to approve more stuff and more paperwork and I, i have no idea i would say maybe a year from now I'll have a good idea and maybe I'll even be breaking ground. And I still have to, you know, I still have to get the award of the bid. So oh 50% God. chance probably. Well, it's been, but I've got some other good ones. It's been multiple months since we've sat down for that interview. And at that point yeah. you said, Oh yeah, maybe a year from now. So it's still at a year from now. No. So I, I did another 80 foot bridge once and it took five oh, years Jesus. of paperwork and grants. So it's going to take forever. Oh. Um, it's on the horizon. I'm, I, I kind of, I think I want it. It's a little, it's so big that I'm a little stressed out about it, but, uh, no, I've got some other good ones. I've got a public art job right now with, uh, the, and that one started, I already got a down deposit. So it is going, um, 13 bike racks spread out throughout the County, nice. all art, different designs. So that one's cool. And yesterday I just started measuring up a three story staircase. So, wow. I'm loaded for, I have no idea, year, two years. I, don't know. I just saw a um, a set of, I think, chimneys or a, a fireplace set where it's the shovel, the rake, the and you had acorns and a bunch of different animals and stuff forged into it. Absolutely gorgeous piece, of course. But, um, I mean, so as small of a project as that is, I mean, small in scape of, you know, three-story, you know, freaking three-story situation that you're just talking about i mean is the is the lead up to either like how how is the lead up to such a large project different than oh well i'm gonna spend this week and forge out this little project 
Yeah, the loot. I mean, of course, the big project will be on it for so long. So it'll be like three or four days of the week will be spent on the bridge. And but I still have to fit in small jobs, and I want a variety too. And talk about the mental health of it. I I don't want to just work on one project forever. I don't I don't want one style of work. I want a little bit of everything. I want some basic fab jobs in the shop. I want some fun blacksmithing with maybe some new joinery. Um, no. So I, I just, yeah, variety is also going to be key. I'm looking at, uh, I just typed your name into Google, Ira. So I just started looking at some of the, the search results that come back. If you want to find Ira, you can do it. Um, his name, Ira Housework, H O U S E W E A R T. So house, we art, it looks like. Um, and, uh, Instagram, TikTok, but you can also find his website, coloradoblacksmith.com. And, you know, when you dig into your social content, Ira, it's fascinating, you, you know, to watch the work that you do. And it, it blows my mind. I mean, you're, you're a quiet, soft-spoken person. So, you know, you're not like promoting, 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 but you let your social media kind of do the talking, uh, which is another big part of action, by the way, is that um, – there, I have people in that I see in my Facebook and stuff, and they're always saying, like, big things are coming. I'm doing this. Big things are coming. And it's just that. There's no, there's no, yeah. there's no actual big things coming. I've never seen any big things. And I want to reach out to those people and go, like, when? I see you talking about it, but, like, when? When, when are these big things happening? And, um, and what I love about your work is that you just let it talk. You know, um, you've had a bunch of viral videos come up um, through Instagram, and it's usually just very simple videos that you've created of you forging things and doing that work. How has that changed? Like when, and I kind of know how it's changed for me, but when you have a real go crazy like uh, i'm trying to find one like you had one going to 23.8 million views on it's a forging video i mean you're, you're it's a simple video and you've got some audio over it how how did that you know do you see it changing anything for you moving forward like do, can you can you take anything away from having a video go that viral no, I don't know. The the real viral ones. No, I pick up a lot of followers that probably aren't, I don't know, they probably aren't that great of followers. They don't really care about what I'm doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I seem to be pretty decent at creating a video that does that. I mean, I'm, I've got several really big ones like that. And uh, I don't know, maybe someday I'll start making some money doing it. I don't know. <laughs> but that would be with, something. Get with Austin Saunders of High Caliber Craftsman and... Uh -huh. um, and uh and and because they when they heard me on the uh, makeshift podcast austin's like you don't get paid for any of your socials i go no because i don't know how to do it <laughs> i just get these i get millions of views but i just don't know how to make money on it so he's kind of guiding me through the process of getting monetized i should so. i should call him i've talked to him on his podcast and uh yeah it's I don't know. It's frustrating because that's, yeah, that's like, you get some huge views and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like where does it go? Exactly. I'm with you. Like it, 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 it definitely works in, in commerce. Like you can get business from it. It's just, 
yeah, it would be nice to get paid, you know, to have that kind of stuff. I feel like I feel like Iris situation is kind of not set up for a viral video because, you know, he's not making something mass manufactured. He's doing individual forging projects, which maybe you'll get like an extra thing tacked on or an extra order going. But it's not like, oh, well, this T-shirt went viral. So therefore, I've got a million T-shirt orders orders no it'd be nice just to get some free free stuff you know maybe like a new welding machine or something like that oh yeah yeah, you could get that no problem and maybe that's maybe you just got to push it maybe i need to contact companies but that's not really me i don't know do that me either i i maybe company wants to austin knows how to do it and he's partnered with um evolution tools and they've got some great stuff you know the chop saws and things so you know, yeah, definitely get some free tools out of it. It's just my take on that is when they send me stuff, I just nine times out of ten, it's not good stuff. You know, if, if a company wants to send me something for free, yeah. it's usually cheap and not. I'm exactly. There's a reason why it's free. Um, but that's not always the case. You know, once you get big enough, you can do it. But, yeah, I love like the riveting videos that you're making and I learn so much from them just because I'm watching you do the work and I can see the craftsmanship that goes behind what you're up to. It's just, I read like mad respect for you and, and the work that you do. And I'm just proud to call you a friend. And it's, it's really cool to to see your development. And on the other side of it, you're a working blacksmith that actually has legit projects like building bridges and staircases and things like that. It's, it's a pretty rare thing. You know, there's not a lot of people out there doing what you do. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be, especially the larger scale projects. Yeah. I don't, I'm looking at these staircases and it's just freaking fascinating. It's, and I actually don't share most of my work. I need to do more. Well, that's and what I, I was going to say. I which wondered is wild. About that. And I've won, you know, like I have two rails right now we're going to install this week. They're both kind of boring. Um, I just don't know if I'll do it. I, I shared a reel of a rail I did locally a while back. And uh, it, it it was just straight pickets, but it had a forge welded ball in the middle. And I shared a video on that. And I lost like 4,000 followers. <laughs> and oh, I was like, <laughs> because it was just kind of boring to them, I guess. They wanted to see more action, you know, whatever. It wasn't what I do. I, I don't know. It's weird. See, th- you are talking about the when a viral video hits, you get a mass quantity. See, that's that's the thing is those followers are quantity, yeah. not quality. And four thousand of those lost just because oh well, that's that's also yeah. Instagram was was calling a whole bunch of bot uh, followers too. So it's possible that um, maybe that was just a time to the yeah. But it was like the evening I posted it, it was immediately. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, even look at that number anymore. I I don't even personally care. Like if people want to drop off, it's like you're not my people anyway. Like I don't yeah. think of it like that. I feel free to. But I like to just, I don't know, I like to show my fun projects, you know. I don't like to do some of the more boring ones. And, you but know I've that, also wanted to go travel around and maybe hit some of my projects from 20 years ago. And oh, that's yeah. back then, you know, I was fired up and I was ready to do weird joinery. And I, and I see some, if I assemble it this way, it'll look super cool. It may take me two days, but I'm going to do it. And So I need to go back and document some of those with little photos and videos. I think I would like to see something that might go viral 
um, would be like a time lapse of the installation of some of these rails and staircases. Mm -hmm. I just would find that fascinating, like how that gets put in place and bolted down. That might be some easy content to make. No, it would be. I should do it. I, I should I should video more period of everything. I just don't seem to find the time or we get busy doing it and don't stop and set up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way. I can't film everything I'm doing. It's been it was slowing me down to the point where it was affecting orders. You know, I wasn't able to get stuff out fast enough. And, and it was just like, OK, I, I got to put the camera away. And um, because, it, you know, the generation of social content it drove more business and more sales, which was great. And then I couldn't keep up with getting the shit out the door. So I'm like, okay, well something's got to give here. And then over the summer, it slowed down. So I really do think, I really think Brian, you need to hire on a video well, full time. Yeah. Just we, we, okay. So yeah, this year we were going to do that. And then we got hit with a big tax liability and it was like, we couldn't afford to hire somebody. So we ended up, I think now we have a we have an indeed uh thing and I've got like thirty applicants for the job. So um yeah, so it's oh, wow. uh we're looking we're just looking for the right person. We get a lot of people that like so I posted the job as a storyteller. I basically want a documentarian just following me around all day and Brent and Sarah and stuff and you know, documenting our day. Um, believe it or not, that's a very difficult person to find, you know, I mean, you know, and we're not, yeah. we're paying a good salary and stuff. It would just, it's just that a lot of these guys, what's funny is they'll apply and they'll say that they have a YouTube channel and they'll say, Oh, I create content for YouTube. I create content for TikTok and stuff. And then, but they won't link it to their resume. Oh. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> well, okay. So you create this stuff. So send me some stuff. I need to see your, like, it's the same as like anything. I need to see, like, that's your resume. And they're, you know what it is, is they're all like gamer kids that record their yeah. screencasts. And I'm like, this is, you're not, yeah. this is not the same thing. This is, you you don't, you've never actually used a camera. Um, and, and they're like, oh, but I think I could do it, you know, and. Like yeah, no, I don't. I don't think you can. It's a different story. Maybe you could, but it's. I need somebody that's got some experience. And the difference is, is that most of the people that have experience that want to do this work are female. And I, not to say that I wouldn't hire a woman to do this work, but you know we're we're male driven, and I need uh, a strong male uh, presence you know, to, to, to drive that, that thing. So, um, there's been a couple of young ladies who are, are very masculine, you know, so that could work, but a lot of them are like wedding photographers and wedding videographers. And it's just such a different scale of work. So mm. yeah, we're, we're looking for somebody. We'll find some. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one for sure. Um, you, you almost need someone like Alex Steele's, you know, yeah, sidekick yeah, on Jamie. the camera. Yeah. Jamie, because he's, he is also like, he'll come in and quip about this. I mean, there's, there's an obvious, it's not going to happen in the middle of a super intense part, but they have a really good play back and forth. You're right. I actually love that. It's hard to find yourself. Yeah. We need to find a Jamie. So yeah. So if not, anybody's in the Florida area, Florida, Fort Myers area, let me know. You want to come work with us? 
Yeah, I ran it by my nephew at one point. I was like, you know, I think there's a job actually opportunity because we're doing metal work all the time. There's cool images everywhere, so it's easy oh, yeah. to make cool videos and shorts. And I don't know, you could probably make a career on the side, just kind of following along with something like me. Or, but he wasn't into it. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely the right person. You have to find somebody that is willing that loves film and wants to document things and film things. It's because it, it, it's really not that tough. You're right. It is literally following people around with a, a phone and filming it and then editing it. Cause our goal was to get out yeah. three pieces of content a day, And when we do that, it's like massive growth. It is just insane. Like how many eyes you get on your work. It's, it's just, well, we hard talked to do. about last couple a couple weeks ago, we talked about having you and Sarah and Brent all make one piece of yeah. content a day. And we were doing um, it. Was, went great. Go? I mean, we were doing it, consistently doing it. And then uh, we got so busy because of it. It's it, it it's like a catch-22 situation. Like so much work goes into making those videos that it takes time away from the dailies. And then... You're right, Brian. It's just like I need to hire somebody. You've convinced me. It's it's so true. I just need to focus on it and get somebody in there because if we just had somebody doing that, it would take all of that off of our plates and it would drive sales and we could continue to you know get the work done that needs to get done every day. I mean, shit, even if they're in like three days a week, that should be enough to – Generate that's what we were thinking today. three uh, like a person three days a week and then if, uh, over time it might become full-time um you know yeah so. but they have to have like an artistic eye to do it also like i'm yes. i'm like a i'm really yeah. tough i don't think i could let go of complete control like i want to have quality over quantity I, I don't think i could have a crappy reel or videos of stuff that i don't like and i'll, I'll see the way you edit it and be like oh that was terrible why'd they have that section so long and i don't know I think I would have a hard time letting go. I definitely would be micromanaging this person. <laughs> I know this about myself too. Yeah. And it's, and I do it when yeah. Brent and Sarah create reels. I'm just like, that part's too long. You got to take that out. Or you, you know, that why, why did you choose this and not that? And, and it's, it's, it's tough because it's hard to not take those comments personally. You know, when I'm, when I'm walking yeah. in going, you know, Hey, this, this isn't right. Don't release this. They're like, why? You know, I spent like an hour editing it, and I'm like, I know, but it's just no one's going to watch it. I mean, I used to do the same thing when I'd be shooting and, and getting videos with Kyle. Is I Especially at the beginning, I'd be micromanaging and talking, okay, well, when you edit this, make sure to do this, that, and the other. And, I mean, it's hard to find yourself like I have with Kyle where you just know, okay, he's going to get what he's going to get, and he, he knows the spots to get, but and he's going to edit together a fantastic situation. But, I mean, if you hire someone on now, maybe in six months they'll be trained up enough, and then all of a sudden six months from now, yes, it's going to be a pain in the ass to train them up, but six months from now you can just let go of all of it and know that you're going to have three posts a week, and you can just bust this your ass. This is true. You know who does a great job of uh, creating content, like a lot of it, is Baker Forge. Like Coy and the boys over BakerForge.com. Dude, have you seen some of the Damascus they've been putting out? stuff. And they're also a sponsor of the show. So go check out BakerForge.com. Grab yourself a piece of steel. 
Also, check out their social media content. And I believe, not 100% sure, but I think they do have a social guy. Like there's somebody. I know they have an editor. I just don't know about the filming yes, portion who does the filming side. But um, they they do a great job of this, documenting the process and then also creating those like interview pieces that they'll like walk up to somebody and ask them like a weird question. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but they're really entertaining. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's, it's like th- that's also part of this job. It's to come up with stuff like that to create content. It's a really creative way of doing it. And I guarantee you it tra- translates into sales for Koi, and that's why he has invested in keeping people like that around. Um, I just need to I need to get off my butt and, and do it. So go check out BakerForge.com. Go check out that mammoth tooth steel and the, the fudge ripple and the banana sprinkles and all the other stuff they've got on their website because it's unfreaking believable and um, I would imagine at some point uh, they're gonna well I know they're growing I, I I know they're growing but it's gotten to the point now where I don't know if they can keep up with the demand there's, there's people are just hitting them up for billets all the time so it's pretty and if you if you go to bakerforge.com First of all, you can use WFI 10 for 10% off. That's huge. But, I mean, you have to get on some of these things as soon as they drop. Within a day, it's sold I out. Know. I mean, they they always have some sort of stock somewhere in there. So there's never a point where you can go to Baker Forge and everything's gone. But especially some of these crazy, you know, the the mosaic Damascus that, that, that they just dropped. It went in and it's it sells out so quick. It's it's amazing because the steel is one of a kind, and the the fact that they can manufacture it on a large enough where they can drop a hundred billets of this crazy crazy level steel is is just mind blowing. And you know, you every knife that you see in Blade Show magazine, it seems there's you you can't go to a page in Blade Show magazine and not see a Baker Forge yep. steel, you know, they're out knife there. In it. So that that tells you a lot. And when sure. you're ready to finish that knife. Go over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Hit up Lawrence. I'm just surfing Lawrence's website, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. I didn't know this, but he sells Rockwell hardness testers, and he's got these cool hardness testing chisels. Um, they're not yeah. like the files. They're an actual chisel, which I think is really cool. And they're inexpensive. They're like, oh, wait. Well, the whole set is 200 bucks, so I guess it's not that inexpensive, but it's – it's kind of, <laughs> I clicked on it and I went, holy shit, it's $200. Great oh, my promo, God, Brian. Lawrence, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but, no, he's got, he's got literally everything on the website, from steel to handle material to tools to abrasives. I mean, you, anything you need. He ships from Canada to the United States every single day. He's fast. He's a maker. Take advantage of the USD to Canadian exchange rate. Uh, just work with him. I, it, me, personally, when I do business with a company now, I think in terms of who I'm doing that business with. It's important to me. And uh, I find that when I have a problem with something and I have ordered numerous things from companies that are similar to Maritime, it's not always the best customer service experience. Not everything is going to be mm. perfect. I get that. I mean, we know this. We, we deal in this business all the time. How you handle it is the important part, you know, when things go wrong. And I've always had a really positive experience working with Lawrence, and that's why when he asked if he could sponsor work for it, we said yes. So go check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. 
search around his website on his homepage right now. He's pushing all of those beautiful blocks of uh, Carillion birch and different uh, blocks of uh, stabilized wood from Oleg, which is the best stuff if you're making handles from natural materials. It's like the best. Let me tell you about the shipping situation, because if you remember last week, I said I put in an order right before the show. Yeah. Well, this this time and the whole thing is, you know, they ship just as fast as if they're in the United States. But he he jumps the border yep. with it into into America from Canada. Well, this time around, it was the slowest by far. It was a whole six days. it ah. showed up. But three of them was freaking Labor Day weekend. So, you know, it, it got held up by USPS because they were down for Labor Day weekend. Yep. So realistically, of days that it was the shipping was open, it took, what, four days? So that's still an absolutely amazing return. The The dude had it shipped and out the door, not only label created, but dropped off to USP, or UPS the yeah. same day as when yeah, it Yeah, usually it. it's the same It's amazing day. what he yeah. can do. And it's, it's really impressive because he usually gets the order right like you get everything you've requested you know it's not like you know and he's packing a lot of this stuff himself so yeah it's it's really quick we had issues over labor day weekend getting stuff out oh well we had a hurricane here that traveled just north of us right and so and and i love my customers but sometimes you're a little entitled because you think we're amazon we usually ship the same day but when a hurricane and Labor Day and all this stuff happens, sometimes it takes a day or two, you know. So we had a bunch, not a bunch, we had probably three packages that were kind of like in transit, in flux. And one, one guy was just like, it was shipped the same day he ordered it. And then four days later, he was like, my package is lost. It's gone. I, the tracking has stopped. And I'm like, you know, calm your shorts here, you know. And, um, and we found that it was because the hurricane was coming through, they halted a lot of the mail in Tampa to just stop the mail, you know, because you don't want it in a truck or, or traveling in, you know, uh, you know, across a path of a hurricane. So they stopped a lot of stuff. It was all delivered within a day or two after that. So it was fine. But yeah, it's to to understand that process and because we do it every day, you're not going to get like the exact perfect result all the time, but dang, is it close? Like it's really close and really fast. So yeah, little, little things like holidays and storms and stuff will, will cause a problem. And don't get me started about winter. Winter's a whole nother thing. Cause like no joke, like we do all everything possible. We even shrink wrap the outside of the boxes. So if they do get set down in snow or something, they stay dry on the inside. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it's a thing. So, Real quick, before we end the show, uh, do you guys want to jump into WFI projects and call out a project? Sure. I've got one pulled up. Uh, Moonshine Leatherworks, if you check him out, he's got 7,178 followers. So he's he's up there. He's, he's doing pretty damn good. But he's got some leather straps that he's made. And, of course, he's got his little, what is that, turkey turkey um, steps. You know what I'm talking about? Turkey prints. All yes. up and down the sides and the, the little like old school XXX bottle moonshine situation. Oh, it makes sense. He's moonshine leatherworks, but 
yeah, he's got some shoulder straps for a with let's see, replacement straps for the shoulder pads for a vest. So yeah. Dude's doing well. He's uh he's been one of the guys that especially about a year ago we used to shout out all the dang time. I don't know why for whatever reason he hasn't been showing up in the WFI feeds, but he's doing well. He's kicking ass. He's still making amazing leather. So Moonshine Leatherworks. We have fourteen thousand seven hundred. Fourteen thousand seven hundred nice. posts. And um I'm gonna shout out high caliber craftsman. He's doing some lathe work, and it's like a piece of plexiglass or something. I don't know. Anyway, if you're not following Austin Saunders, I, I can't preach enough about high caliber. Um, not only is he like a great content creator, like he's also very creative, and he makes a lot of interesting things that are just kind of. He takes like he takes like cra- like a, a you know those uh, rectangular carpenters pencils. That yeah. like, if you're a carpenter and you take a knife and you sharpen it by hand or whatever. And I ordered a bunch off of his web- website that say bad mf on it <laughs> that are stamped <laughs> into it. Because I just found it fascinating that somebody made. But this is my first interaction with Austin, by the way. <laughs> I ordered these pencils to say bad mother effer on them. And um, I started giving them away <laughs> to people. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, people don't expect, they're like, oh, look, it's it's a, car- a carpenter's pencil. And like, then they read it and they go, oh, okay. Um, and Austin's a big fan of the Pulp Fiction movies and Me Too. And I don't know if you remember that iconic scene in Pulp Fiction when, you know, the wallet uh, thing, which has, in my generation, inspired like Mareko Mamasi to come up with his BAMF, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff. It's the same stuff. It's the same concept. So I, I really love Austin's work. And not only do I love Austin as a as a maker and a business person, but I love his his humanity. Like, he's just a nice guy. He'll tell you anything, talk to you. He's down to earth. And if you're not following his father, <laughs> I can't even say this without laughing. But, okay, so Paw Paw Ridge, Rich, I think I'm saying that right. Papa Rich on Instagram is Austin's dad who has now become an Instagram sensation like on Instagram and TikTok. He's just growing exponentially because he's doing gardening videos and (laughs) he's great. He is so good. Like it's amazing. And um, I, I think the whole family, the whole franchise, the Saunders franchise is just going places. So go check out High Caliber Craftsman on Instagram. Nice. That's it. You got one? Yeah, I got one. How about a different one? Uh, Metal Chef Customs. I like his mask he's making. He's got like a chaste mm-hmm. Ripposé copper nose. He's doing some pretty great work with the the, the copper forming. I've never done any of that before, but I now after watching him do that work, I want to try it. Yeah, I shouted him out last week, and then we had a nice conversation once that podcast came out about you know this this crazy mess that he's putting together. It's it's, I mean, it's not it's not ending at a nose. He's doing the full face mask, so it's it's going to be a really cool situation. Is he sure. going to rob a bank? Like wear that mask? <laughs> and, like, rob a bank? <laughs> he's going to paint a clown face over it, and he's going to do it just like Jared Leto did in the. Uh, as Joker. <laughs> Something tells me Jake would be good at that. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I've got another one, Whitmore underscore knives. This is an up-and-coming guy. He's uh, he's just made a couple knives, but what he's if you go through his feed, you can see some really cool stuff. At 134 followers. Come on, guys. Let's let's boost him. But he's making his own touch mark. Um, he's basically saying that with most things, he likes to try it himself before he goes out and buys a situ or buys one. So this is just a super simple touch mark, just a single W out of uh, 1084 or 52100 round bar. But he's just went at it with a Dremel and some files, and he's trying to do his own touch mark. So good on him for making it happen. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool what. It'll be cool to see the first knife he's able to use that touch mark on. So, Whitmore, W-I-T-M-O-R-E underscore knives. All right. I'll give him a follow. Excuse me. W-H-I-T-M-O-R-E underscore knives. Gotcha. My bad. Okay. Perfect. All right. Uh, anybody have anything they would like to promote? Ira, do you want to uh, tell, them, tell the world where you can be found? Just Ira Houseford on everything, and then Colorado Blacksmith from our website. And just in case you're wondering, Ira and I are definitely related. Uh, most people know this, but it's we're long-lost cousins. And our great-grandfathers, I believe, had some sort of spat. And one of, I think it was my great-grandfather, took the A out of the name to differentiate. And then, you know, just... Just calling you out, great grandfather. You could have done a way better job of separating yourself than just removing the A. But whatever, you know. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna remove the A from my last name. <laughs> Fuck the rest of those housewords. Yeah. <laughs> Highfalutin Colorado ways. Goofy. Super goofy. I think we should all move to Colorado. That's what I think. Honestly. It seems Something like they're like doing that. it. They, oh, yes, <laughs> they are doing it. Colorado is very popular these days. Very popular. Uh, oh, real quick. Okay, so we're going to move into the after show. i got to pull up the question from Patreon. And Well, while he's doing that, Ira, do you have a dad joke? Maybe you can switch this up. No, I don't have one today. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I know. I should have figured one out. You got one. You got piles of them. Everybody mails them to you. I do have a bunch. Let's see. Damn. You know who? You know who sends me them all the time is uh, Steve Grillo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let me just dig up a Steve Grillo because he heard that uh, I was running low on jokes. All right. Did you hear that NASA is about to launch a new mission? to say sorry to the aliens for Earth polluting the spa polluting space. Oh, goodness. What, what's going on there? It's called Apollo G. Uh -huh. Apollo G. Apollo G. Yikes. That was bad. All right, so we've got a question from Trey Scott. Do you guys know who Trey Scott is? He's the guy that... Um, I don't know if you've seen any of my socials on this from a ways back, but he makes those ball mounts for vices. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, they're like those. articulating head uh, for a vice. And I love mine. I use it all the time. I made a I made a mount that it'll slide into the, the holes on my welding table. Mm -hmm. 
I use it all the time. It's a great uh, tool. He has a question about stone wash finish on, oh. on knives, which is like more of a technical question. He's asking if you can touch up the finish if you get a little spot of rust or a scratch on it. Mm. Oh, this is a, that's just so, this is going to be a long discussion about this, but yeah, <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, and then I'm going to saddle it up next to another question from our man, Mr. Neil Warren over at Maximus Knives. A ways back, he asked a question um, in the comment section under one of our uh, videos, which, by the way, it's better to send a message. So in the back end of Patreon, if you want to ask us a question, to send it as a message. Um, <clears throat> so his question is, when moving forward with ideas and putting products out without any previous reference, is there a way to look at what the next best move will be? Essentially, what he's asking is, you release a product, now what? Oh, wow. So we're going to answer both those questions in the after show. Technical question about stone wash finishes and product uh, marketing a product after you've released it. There it is. All right. There it is. You guys are ready for that? Yeah. Let's get let's into that right. after show. Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to Work For It. Remember, you can donate. It's in your best interest to do so. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started.